0: Dear ones, you're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Sister Natalia. Glory to Jesus Christ.
1: Glory forever.
0: Hi, Father Michael.
1: Hi, Sister. Are we pretending like we haven't just been talking for the past two hours? <laughs> hey, how have you been?
0: <laughs> it was not two hours. Don't exaggerate.
1: It felt like two hours.
0: Oh, I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding, It was I, that's like, kind of sometimes sad, you say like sometimes,
1: <laughs> sometimes you say you walked right into that, but like you didn't walk right into that because you just I just I said the stereotypical like corny cliche dad joke.
0: Yeah,
1: like it well, wasn't clever. I see why you don't laugh at my jokes (laughs)
0: because
1: that one, that one was like predictable in a way that is not like, that's just what you say. It's like, it's like Peter, right? So they're walking along and Jesus says, I'm going to go die. And Peter says, God forbid, Lord, but like, and Jesus is like, "You are a stumbling block. Get behind me." Like I always thought that Jesus, that was a bit of an overreaction. Which of course it wasn't. <laughs> it was Jesus, but I thought, Lord, he was just saying like anybody would have said that. Anybody would have said, "God forbid!" Like, like what if Peter had said, "Like, oh, finally, right? <laughs> You're gonna go die." It's like, it's like, it's like, what 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 else do you say, Lord? You know, anyway.
0: The first the first time you said, "Lord," in that sentence. It was kind of it, the way it came out was kind of weird. It sounded like you were saying it with a, a British accent or something. You're like, "Lord, <laughs> I Lord, know. yeah, it
1: was weird." That's funny because I don't do accents well at all. But you just did the British one, and I would think I was doing an Irish one. Lord,
0: um, that's correct. You'd
1: which is like Lord something Irish. Anyway. Yeah,
0: the we make fun of Father Sorcha a time lot. Of this uh, we, <laughs> it will not Lard. <laughs> 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 we make fun of Father Sorcha a lot uh, for the way he he pronounces things. He Father
1: says, is an Irish monk of Holy Resurrection monastery.
0: Yes. Uh, Update. the per we have to pray for the per the
1: pur, or oh, the poor. Yeah. <laughs> nice.
0: That's so, hilarious. Yeah. The, we did just have spiritual direction though. It was really good. You're such a good spiritual director.
1: I think if, what if we just see you say that, but even during spiritual direction, I don't think this is sharing anything that you would want me to share, but <laughs> even during spiritual direction, I, because as you know, like the beginning was, you just giving me an update.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and it was, it was for, a walkthrough. If
0: by beginning, you mean like for 45 minutes? <laughs> yes. For 45
1: minutes, you were giving me an update. And, and so, as I'm, as I'm hearing this, and this is, I've always known in doing spiritual direction with you is that normally we, we talk and we, we debate and, <laughs> and,
0: and, That's and, a then, kind word.
1: and then you, we end spiritual direction. And then I know that you're going to come back the next session with something amazing that Jesus said. And, and Jesus is, is very knowledgeable of my sin. So he like, 95% of the time, Jesus and I agree, turns out. <laughs> and it, 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 it builds up my ego uh, when you come back, you're like, so I talked to our Lord about this. Um, but but, but it, it is one thing about spiritual direction, and today it was very evident, was that um, a lot of times, I think this is true for any director, is that you you're kind of observing what God is doing in the person's life. And mm. that's, I highly recommend for those of you who do go to spiritual direction, like, don't just go there hoping to get something from your spiritual director. Like mm. share what Jesus is doing in your life and how like it makes us feel like we're not needed in the most beautiful way. Mm. Like it, it's like what 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 does a what does a biological father do? A biological father um works at making himself irrelevant. He works well, to make to make himself independent. He works himself out of a job, exactly. He, mm-hmm. he he his job is to make it so that his children don't need him anymore. Mm-hmm. And they, they leave him and they cling to God the Father. Like that that's that's the job of a biological father. The same thing is true for a spiritual father. So it's really good when when you can make sure that your directees, or if you are a directee, that you you, you are able to share what our Lord is doing through your spiritual father's intercession, but also independent of him. Kind of give him these updates because I think, and I'm just preaching myself here. When I go to spiritual direction, oftentimes I'm just like, I'm here, I'm here for you to work. Like, you, <laughs> dear spiritual father, you tell me, you tell me what to do. You tell me problems. what your thoughts on this. Them. Exactly. that That's all it is is like, here's what's going on, and I need you to tell me what to do or to, to encourage me or whatever I need you to do. And it, it rarely is. It, and i think to do that which is fine that's what part of spiritual direction is but to do that it's really really good for 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 him or her to know what is jesus is doing in your life mm. in a sense nothing's independent we're all one in, in the body of christ but what he's doing in your life in a sense independent from him
0: you know that's or that's her. interesting because the I, I told you last year, so last year I went on retreat with Father Boniface and Father Boniface Hicks, who's a dear friend of our monasteries. And you know him, you've met him a few times, yeah? Father Michael?
1: I have. Okay. I also, I helped lead a youth rally where he was a speaker. So
0: I oh, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I remember that. I was there for he that was. one at uh, at La Trobe. So, Father Boniface, it was one of the best retreats I've ever been on. I would have said it was the best retreat I'd ever been on until this last but retreat you're in talking LA. to me. No.
1: <laughs> and I've given you multiple retreats.
0: <laughs> no. I, I I told you, I need I need to turn my volume down a little bit, sorry. I, I had told you that it was the best retreat I'd been on after it happened. I probably shouldn't have done that in the middle of recording. Now the volume's not going to be consistent. Sorry. Okay, so the... Even after this retreat with Father Boniface, I had told you that it was the best retreat I'd ever been on, knowing I'd been on retreat with you. Because <laughs> I know that you're so humble that you'll receive that well. But uh-huh. but no, I only wouldn't say it now necessarily because this last retreat in LA uh was, was really, really good. But it wasn't it wasn't really because of you so much. It was just because that's just what I needed at the time. Uh-huh. But I know it's super sweet, but actually that's the that's the point I'm making is it was the same case for Father Boniface. It was the best retreat I had ever been on. But there I, there's not really anything I could tell you that Father Boniface said or did that made it such a good retreat other than he stepped out of the way and let let Jesus actually lead the retreat. It's like he was Jesus was the real retreat director and Father Boniface was was the one helping me to just continually turn back to jesus and um to to the extent that there was the most significant part of my retreat there was this 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 one moment in which Father Boniface could have said something and and uh, he had told me later that he actually was thinking of saying something he could have said something, and had he said it, it would have stopped the movement of the Holy Spirit uh-huh. and like i won't I won't go into the details, but it's like Father Boniface would have been trying to to direct me instead of instead mm-hmm. of letting Jesus do yeah. and and what I really really needed in that in that moment was to hear what Jesus had to say. So mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, that's the thing. Are men? Yes, that was so, a
1: pirate accent. <laughs> you're just I said so I'm, weird. Uh, I'm horrible with that. I know. Like, it's like tell me to do any accent and I'll just do a pirate. <laughs> so <laughs> that's like the only accent. I know. I, I know
0: we need so to wait. Move sorry,
1: on. I need to I need to make a public apology to my mom. My mom hates it when because she's been listening to me do podcasts for years now. She hates it when someone says something really deep and then the other person comes in with something like a pirate accent.
0: Yeah, that's what you just did.
1: <laughs> I know. So yes. I'm I'm making a public apology to my mom. Mom, like what she said was very very deep, and I I just. I acknowledged that it was really deep and beautiful and then I said something <laughs> like using a pirate accent. I, I said amen. I meant to say amen, but I said with a pirate accent, which was distracting. Maria, Sorry, alone. go ahead, sister.
0: Marie, Marie loves you.
1: Back to Jesus. Back yes, to Jesus.
0: Actually, not back to Jesus. I know we need to move on from banter, but I just want to say one thing because it's really funny. I, I thought of this because I'm just finishing this diet soda as we talk but also I'm drinking a coffee I don't like diet soda but a pustinic left it in the fridge and so I'm drinking it because I'm thirsty uh, anyways the Mother Ileana and I tried <laughs> this is so funny yesterday Mother Ileana and I tried this thing where we because of something that I was talking to Father Damien about and anyways we both tried to chug an entire LaCroix without burping <laughs> And Mother Eliana made it maybe a, halfway through the can, and then she just couldn't because it was so painful. And, and I um, am very proud to say that I finished the entire can. and I had a lot of regrets. I didn't have any regrets. I didn't have any regrets. I, I don't, but I wouldn't do it again. Uh, and I, I wasn't able to chug it. like I had to stop to take a breath every once in a while but I, I didn't belch until the end mm. which I find I think that's pretty impressive but I will say I was continuing to burp for 20 minutes after and there was so much pain in my I don't know where it is yeah my, that
1: wasn't smart
0: I know <laughs> 'm I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not encouraging anyone to do this all right let's transition so, uh, to the topic
1: when I when I was when I was the age that you were acting when you did that um,
0: me, <laughs> you mean 12? <laughs>
1: yes okay me and my best friend used to go to the store and buy the hottest horseradish that was available and just eat a spoonful of it like one massive just bite of a spoon and we'd sit at his kitchen table and his mom would watch us be like woo it like it would clean out our sinuses <laughs> and we'd like almost fall off our chairs and she's like what, what, what do you guys like why do you do this we're like just because it makes us feel weird like that's how we're doing it what do you want us to do cocaine or something like that you know it's like it's either this or hard drugs <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those are the only two options. Okay,
1: when you're 12 years old. Okay, right, back to Jesus.
0: Yes, back to Jesus. Uh, actually, shout out though to a woman named Jennifer because when I was going on retreat—not retreat—I was going on home visit, and I wasn't going to have any liquid IV because we realized the liquid IV was coming in the day after I was leaving. And then I'm packing, and then mother—so mother, so Eliana, mother and I are talking about how there's no more liquid IV. Mother comes into the room and she's like, "Oh, did you guys see the liquid IV that's sitting on the mailbox?" And we found it and. There was a note um, that came with it that says, "Praying for all of you. Hope this helps. Peace and love, Jennifer, a podcast listener. Aww. So thank you to Jennifer because I had liquid IV on my home visit because of you. So,
1: so Jennifer just like set it on top of the mailbox, or did it come in the mail?
0: No, it came in the mail. Oh, okay, like That's our our indoor like the place where the mail gets sorted in the monastery, okay. oh, like okay. that box. Mother I am going to start calling
1: some... her creepy Jennifer nope. <laughs> Uncreepy Jennifer normal Jennifer shout yeah. out
0: <laughs> oh man this helpful is... loving Jennifer can we just edit out the first 11 12 minutes of yes. this back to Jesus is going to be this whole episode Enough it was a partners. really good home visit though I was visiting my brother and his wife and their two kids and they have a three year old boy and a four week old daughter and it was just a lot of fun so that's not what our topic is our topic. We're gonna to do a saint of the day. Yay! But it's <laughs> that was the most unenthusi. Yay! That was like straight out of is that Monty Python or something?
1: I wanna I wanna be like I wanna have like a full soundboard and like with sound effects that I can just like play random sound effects during the podcast.
0: I'm really glad we don't. When have we that. say things,
1: because like I feel that like, that would like you trick. would
0: just <laughs> you would get you would get way too into that, and it would yes, be so the would. whole podcast, and it would be very obnoxious. So this is true. The It's not the saint of today, nor is it the saint of when this is coming out, but it's the saint of three days ago, which was June 11th, which was who, Father Michael?
1: Saint Bartholomew.
0: Saint Bartholomew. But actually I'm talking about Saint Barnabas. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm not talking about Saint Barnabas. That would be really funny. So, oh, mail just came. I wonder if there's any liquid IV. So the, probably not, because that usually comes through Amazon. Yes, St. Bartholomew. So it's actually, it's the feast of St. Bartholomew and St. Barnabas and the commemoration of the holy icon of the Theotokos. It is truly meet, and the miracle that occurred before it. But we're talking about St. Bartholomew because, well, let me read the description and then we'll share the because, which most of our listeners probably already know, but that's okay. So I'm going to read the, from the prologue of Ocrid, which we've read from before. Why are you smirking?
1: I'm sorry, I, I, have this, I have this joke in my head <laughs> that I'm, just, I'm really discerning whether it's appropriate or not. I, I think I'm just going to skip it, I'll tell you after.
0: <laughs> Good job, Father Michael, Prudence. Thank
1: you, thank you, filter Filter worked, filter worked.
0: I think I know what it's about, we'll talk about it after. Okay, so, the, so this is the, the entry in the prologue of Oak Ridge for June 11th for the holy apostle Bartholomew. Bartholomew was one of the 12 great apostles. From all appearances, Bartholomew and Nathaniel are one and the same person. Together with the Apostle Philip and Philip's sister, the Virgin Mariamna, and for a time with St. John the Theologian, Bartholomew preached the gospel first throughout Asia, then in India, and finally in Armenia, where he died a martyr's death. In Hierapolis, these holy apostles by prayer caused the death of a large serpent that the heathens kept in their temple and worshiped. In this same city, by prayer, they restored sight to Stockius, who had been blind for 40 years. It was here that a mob rose up against them and crucified Philip and Bartholomew. Bartholomew was crucified upside down. At this time, there occurred an earthquake in which the evil judges and many people perished. Believing that this was a punishment from God, many ran to remove the apostles from the crosses, but Philip was already dead, although Bartholomew was still alive." After this, Bartholomew went to India, where he preached and translated the gospel of St. Matthew into the Indian language. Then he entered Armenia, where he cured the king's daughter of insanity. But the envious brother of King Astyages seized God's apostle, crucified him on a cross, skinned him, and finally beheaded him in Armenian Albanopolis. Christians honorably buried his body in a lead coffin. Because many miracles occurred over his relics, the pagans took the coffin and cast it into the sea. But the water carried the coffin to the island of Lepara, where Bishop Agathon, through a revelation in a dream, met it and buried it in the church. St. Bartholomew, attired in a white garment, appeared in church to the venerable Joseph the hymnographer and blessed him with the gospel, that he might be able to sing spiritual hymns, saying, let heavenly waters of wisdom flow from your tongue. He also appeared to Emperor Anastasius, and told him that he would protect the newly established town of Dara. Later, the relics of this great apostle were translated from translated to Benevento and then to Rome. Great and awesome miracles have occurred over these relics. Was there anything in there that surprised you that you didn't know?
1: Um, I so a couple of weeks ago I preached on last week actually I preached on where the apostles were known to have established churches. I did not know that Bartholomew went to India.
0: Mm.
1: I I knew that he, I knew at one point that he went to Armenia, but I had forgotten. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I imagine we could say that, because Thomas is kind of the, we call him the founding apostle of India. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing we could say that Bartholomew is the founding apostle of Armenia. Mm. There's Ar- Armenia has a very, long and vivid history of Christianity. And so I imagine that they call Nathaniel slash Bartholomew their founder.
0: That's interesting because it even says that he translated the gospel of St. Matthew into the Indian language. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just love that he, okay. So, so Bartholomew and Nathaniel by tradition are the same person and this is That's because
1: Bartholomew, besides being a name, means what?
0: Son of
1: Ptolemy.
0: Ptolemy.
1: Exactly. So Bar is just son. Yes. Son of Ptolemy. Bartholomew. So son of. So Nathaniel, son of Ptolemy, is
0: beautiful. So the this is cool because it it must. I feel like at some point this was. Anyways, the the. The West celebrates St. Bartholomew in August. Or is it Nathaniel? They celebrate... Them separately? No, it's it's one. I just can't remember if they say Bartholomew or Nathaniel is what I'm saying. But on the day that they celebrate Bartholomew, we celebrate the translations of St. Nathaniel. I think it's the opposite. The day that they celebrate St. Nathaniel, that's what it is. The day that they celebrate St. Nathaniel, which is in August, we celebrate the translation of the relics of Bartholomew. And Ah. so I just think that that's that's pretty cool.
1: Well, that would make sense because they were probably translated to Rome. Yes. Which is why they would celebrate him on that day and we'd celebrate the translation of the protection of his body, if you will, from... yeah from all the other craziness in the rest of the world other than Rome.
0: But that's just one of the, that's just one of, for me, one of the pieces of evidence that like when people don't think that the tradition is actually that they're the same person. It's like actually. Oh, I see. The, the, these feast days are on the same. I yeah. I see. So that's cool.
1: Which by the way, that reminds me, um, I need to add this to our Goodreads, but I don't think I have yet, but I'll add it. Um, Lord of the World by Robert Hugh Benson.
0: Mm-hmm. is
1: an amazing book. All right. Look it up.
0: I've heard this. Lord of
1: the World, Robert Hugh Benson, written in like 1908, um, and it, I'm not going to give away why I'm bringing it up right now. If you have not read it, but it has to do with with the city of Rome, and it's it's an it's a apocalyptic novel. So mm-hmm. it's about it's about the end times, um, mm-hmm. but it's just it's very it's very uh, it's a very just fun fiction. Book to read about about the end times and uh, very very moving, very striking, very like convicting. And uh, I think I've mentioned it before, only because I I remember saying that both Pope Benedict the Sixteenth and Pope Francis have recommended it even more adamantly than I just did. So, hmm. and they 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 tend to be very different personalities. People think they're kind of polar opposites, which of course they're not. But but many people think that. Um, so they uh, so when those two men recommend the same book, it's like oh, let's read that book.
0: I, I've never read Lord of the World, though I've heard a lot of good things about it. But I have read Father Elijah, which I'm told is very similar. But so I feel like out. some people might be offended by the fact that I just said that. I don't
1: know. Uh, no, a shout out to Trevor Williams, um, uh, baseball starting pitcher for the Cubs and f- friend of uh, of mine and Father Nathan Goebbels from the Catholic Stuff podcast. Anyway, so he he we were chatting once and he said he liked... Apocalyptic novels mm-hmm. and so i I recommended Lord of the World, which he read, and then I think Father Nathan or somebody recommended Father Elijah, and he read it's that next
0: so good and
1: he gave it to me, so sister, don't feel bad, don't feel bad. He gave me his copy of of Father Elijah along with like three Cubans because I won't he has access to Cubans Father Michael,
0: please read it
1: I know, but i I'm making you feel good stop let, like let let me make let me make you feel better. Because you gave me a book I never read
0: and, until Father and Nathan me told me you to read it.
1: I still didn't finish it. Don't tell Father Nathan that. I didn't read uh. the whole thing. <laughs> but he gave me a book I've not read either. Sorry, that was a. Okay. Sorry, Mom.
0: How can I. What can I do to get you to read Father Elisha? No, 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 no. I want to hold that power for a different book. Never mind. But we're going to come back to that because at some point there's going to be a book that I'm like, you need to read this in order to understand my heart. And I don't. I don't. We're gonna have to talk about how I make that happen. The
1: You're gonna convince Bishop to give me a sabbatical,
0: Father Elijah. Though I really like the Michael O'Brien novels, so mm. and Father Elijah is one of those. So Saint Bartholomew, aka Nathaniel, I'm I'm named for those of you who don't know this. I'm named after Saint Nathaniel. Uh, I was given Natalia as a feminine form of Nathaniel, which isn't totally etymologically accurate. Is etymologically a word?
1: Sounds like it. You sound smart.
0: I said I said it really <laughs> confidently, but um, but but anyways, I am named after Saint Nathaniel, and so that's why this feast is very important to me. So we just had my feast day uh, three days ago, and it was super fun. And Bartholomew is just like I read. I read this this prologue entry, and I'm like, he's so ba, you know, like mm-hmm. he was he was crucified upside down, survives is later crucified again and then flayed, skinned, and then beheaded and that finally kills him.
1: That is so bachelor of arts. I agree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that's what I meant. Bachelor of arts. And and I just so so I love that that he's just not because not because I'm like that. You know, If I made it through all that, if I made it through all that, it wouldn't be because of holiness. It would be because of stubbornness. Let's be honest. It would be like this is this is why I did the Lacroix thing. Right? Is because someone used the word challenge, and then I was like, challenge. I'm in. And so if I if I made it through a martyrdom as intense as Bartholomew's, it would be simply because I was trying to prove someone wrong.
1: So I have a not because I I love Jesus. I have a story about how I did something probably actually better than Bartholomew in this case. Um, I was challenged as well by one Pauline Mirt to take a shot of popcorn butter at the movie theater. That sounds
0: horrible. Oh,
1: it was horrible. It was like being flayed, then crucified, then flayed again, and then put in a lead coffin. Oh, it was horrible.
0: You just used part of our (laughs) podcast time for that.
1: Okay. We'll
0: no, we won't, but we should. So what I, I'd like to share, I'd like to share some of my favorite parts from the Proppers. From from Bartholomew and and why they inspired me. So it's 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 been cool because we when 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 you kind of picked out some names for me for Tonsure. And then I chose three off of the list that, that you had come up with. The reason that you picked Nathaniel, the primary reason, right, was that the, the Lord's statement that you're an Israelite in whom there is no guile and that there's just not any guile in me for better or for worse. Sometimes it's for better and sometimes it's for worse. It's my cross and my crown. And and that's that's. That's cool, and I want I want to always strive for greater greater guilelessness. But it's been really it's been really cool also to get to know Bartholomew, and I realize they're the same person. But the way that we sing about Bartholomew in the propers is is not is not the same way that we talk about Nathaniel in the first chapter of John. And so it's been it's been cool to see the other side of that and to see to see this other side of Nathaniel that I'm really drawn to and that I really want to emulate. And, and so it's been kind of cool to, to receive that, that gift. And, and to see the ways in which I think Bartholomew is a great example to monastics, to all Christians, uh, but, but especially to, to the ideal of monasticism. I think that he's a, a great witness to that. So there are there are a few lines from Vespers that I want to share, but then most of the things are from Matins. So in the, in the Stakira that we sing at Psalm 140, the first one says about Bartholomew, you drew the ends of the earth out of the depths of vainglory and evil ungodliness with the net of your words, divinely eloquent apostle. And so, so there's, there's a reference here, right? to, to, Jesus saying that he's gonna make the apostles fishers of men. And so with the net of his words, he draws the he he draws the ends of the earth out of the depths of vainglory and ungodliness, evil ungodliness. And that so so in part it's just like that's just such a really it's just a really cool image. And and I love the, the propers for the saints that we sing have such beautiful images in them that it's it's very poetic, right? Like our propers are really they're poetry. Uh a few years ago, as a Christmas gift for Mother Theodora, I wrote a full set of propers for Saint John Paul II. And don't even listeners don't even bother asking for it because I wrote it for private use. It's not approved by Rome. It's only I'm, I only have it for private use, so I'm not going to share it. But it's it was such a, a a beautiful and prayerful process to write these propers, um, and, and I, it also took many many hours, right? Because I had to put all of these hours into just reading about JP two because as much as I know about him, it's like I wanted to make sure I was really capturing the essence of his holiness and, and really capturing what about him is, are, are the most important qualities to emulate and the, the, the ones that shine the most light of Christ, and so there's uh, there's all the hours that went into the research, much less the the writing and, and trying to to make um, parallels with scripture and and things like that. But it's just it's a very a very poetic thing, and and as you're writing them, and then ideally as you're praying with them, you start to feel a closeness with the the saint that you're praying to. So Amen. yeah. So I like that image of, of the, the fishers of men. And, but then the, the, the next one is from, is from the next Takira. Jesus, our God, the son of righteousness, sent you to the whole world like a ray of light to disperse the gloom of ungodliness, all glorious one, and enlighten all who sit in the darkness of ignorance. And this has been this has been something very particular in my life right now. We were actually talking about this just in spiritual direction, right, Father Michael? Of of just I, there's this. I'm, I'm feeling this calling in particular places in my life right now to to really be a source of light. That's that's casting out darkness. And, and this is something that we're all called to do as Christians. And I think it's an important mission and it's one that we, that we forget. We can so easily be drawn into the darkness and into the gloom and, and drawn down into the negativity as opposed to allowing ourselves to be, to be the light of Christ, to be the, the, the city on the hill that's not, that's not put under a, no, the lamp is what's not put under the bushel basket. You can't put God. a city under a basket. <laughs> I'm God cons- could I'm conflating yes, for man it's impossible, but God can put a city under a basket. <laughs> and so so anyways, I, I just like this whole this this being sent out as mission not just to not just to, to preach and not just to do good works, but but sent out to be light, to dispel mm-hmm to dispel the gloom of ungodliness and our our world just needs that so much today our our society needs that so much today like there's so much so much gloom and and darkness and chaos that that we just need some some light we need the light mm-hmm. of Christ yeah
1: and i love it too you you stopped before this line but the the next line you made them heirs of the light mm-hmm. so so those, when you brought the light to the nations, you made them heirs of the light. So in other words, the light is Christ. They are now heirs. They are now those who inherit the kingdom of God, namely heaven. Um, but also, then I read that as now, now they also carry that light even further. I mean that mm-hmm. that's the beauty of when you when you have one of the twelve apostles as your patron because it obviously had to go. They only lived you know ninety years max, um, or you know I guess you know uh, what would that be my math uh 60 years max after after Jesus so then obviously it had to spread even further through mm. others and this is kind of the, the those who were taught by Nathaniel now are are sent out of the world to to continue that that ministry of light.
0: Mm. This coffee is nasty. I don't think I I don't know what it is but I think I mean it's flavored of some kind, and I don't like flavored coffee. And I didn't know that it was flavored, and it's just nasty. Mm -hmm. All right, my life is sad. So maybe
1: it's never mind. I was like onion flavored. But (laughs) what's the thing you hate the most? Onions.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: Listeners, beware! Don't send her onions.
0: I also hate, but ironically, my favorite chips are Funyuns.
1: That's because they've been baptized with fun. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so that
1: they're a new creation <laughs>
0: okay that one was that one was a little funny
1: I made you laugh the,
0: the last, <laughs> but you do it on occasion the last the last line I wanted to share from Vespers is from the the very next Kira, and it's the last line of it you rejoiced as you drained the cup of death you rejoiced as you drained the cup of death in reference to his martyrdom. And mm-hmm. I, I like that because and the reason it, it struck me as I was praying with it this morning is because there are this so this is a, a constant purification process, but but there are many places that I've found that I'm willing to die for the Lord in my life, like my daily life, my white martyrdom, I'm willing to die. And, but it's 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 not always that I'm willing to do that with joy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so so I love that it says that he rejoiced as he drank mm-hmm. the cup of death, because this is this is something we hear about the martyrs is that as, as they drained drained,
1: drained the cup of death sorry, sorry.
0: drained. Yeah. No, I'm glad, I wasn't looking at it anymore, so I'm glad you said that.
1: <laughs> I just want to make sure that yeah. he drank the cup of death. He, that's he like didn't die by yeah. poison. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> yes, as you drained the cup of death. But the, the we, we, we hear all these stories about martyrs who go to their death joyfully, singing the praises of God and singing praises to God. And that's just not often the same kind of way in which I'm martyred in my daily life. And... But I want to be. I want. I want to have that joy, and that's something I am going to strive for. So,
1: and there's a beautiful revelation there of of where where the martyrs were looking. W- where was Bartholomew looking as he was dying? He was not looking at himself. He wasn't right. like thinking, "Oh, look how much I'm suffering. Look how much. Look how bad this shot of movie popcorn butter tastes." Can you stop
0: comparing your movie butter popcorn to being flayed?
1: It, it, if I had, if I had not had. If I had not been thinking that about how did awful kind of, this tastes, it
0: probably kind of flayed your insides. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I had not been thinking about about how awful that tastes, I wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been so bad. Like the martyrdom of Bartholomew, like he was watching the. By the way, I'm joking about that or, or, or any comparison. I hope people know that. Um, but the uh, <laughs> the the it, it, Bartholomew was was watching the cup of death be drained. And that's, I imagine, why he was joyful. Hmm. He, he actually yeah, took his eyes off himself. He stopped thinking, look how, how much I'm suffering. Look how much, look how painful this is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What an amazing statue they're going to make of this in, in Rome. Um, what an amazing thing it's going to be to hang things from a chandelier. And anyway, <laughs> I, 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 like he wasn't thinking about himself or his legacy or his pain he was thinking about about the cup of death being drained, and that's why it was joyful. It wasn't. He was joyful in his sufferings. That's probably mm-hmm. an important thing to to like. We're not we're not totally joyful in sufferings. Our sufferings are evil. Like the church is not calling us to oh be be suffer happy. You know, just be happy as you suffer. That that's not why we're to be happy or joyful. We're to be happy or joyful because of of what of our suffering through Christ's death and resurrection is turned into a sacrifice and sacrifice has an end, a telos. It has a goal. A sacrifice is an act of love for the benefit of my own soul or the soul of another. So don't think that the church is asking you to be joyful because of your sufferings. That's just masochistic. The church is asking you to be joyful because of the result of your martyrdom. Remember Mm -hmm. martyrdom you know, the, the, the martyr and, gr- and witness are the same word in Greek.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the, your, your witness to Christ is why you're joyful, not the pain.
0: Yeah, in this, in this same stakira, so that's the last line, you rejoiced as you drained the cup of death. But in the same stakira, it says, it says because of his, meaning Christ, because of his suffering on the cross, you stand before your ultimate desire, Joining the chorus with the angels and apostles, glorious Bartholomew, you rejoiced as you drained the cup of death. And so, so this is where the rejoicing comes from. He stands before his ultimate desire. And, and that's what, um, so yeah, the focus is totally on, on love for Christ. Yeah,
1: Didn't even read that. I'm glad I didn't, I didn't contradict anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, you were happy because you were suffering. No, uh, that would, that would yeah. have been awkward. <laughs> not mention that part. So, uh all right. So, I want to skip ahead to Matins, which is well, you know where Matins is. You can scroll ahead to that. So, Matins is morning prayer. So, the the parts I was just sharing from were from evening prayer. So, I'm skipping ahead to the canon from matins which the canon this is just my favorite part of matins it's just one one big poem that we that we pray every morning at matins and in the first canon i wanted to point out this line just because i thought it was really cool god who god who beholds all beforehand divinely perceived your mind. This is what he says, to Barth- what, we, what we sing to Bartholomew. God who beholds all beforehand, divinely perceived your mind. And the reason I liked that is because I, I wonder if that's a reference to Nathaniel. When he says, mm, I, be, yeah. before um, I saw you under the fig tree. Yeah, and uh, so I just thought that was really cool. Also really cool in the next line, in the next verse of the canon, it says, climbing to the height of the virtues, most wealthy one. I'll share the next bit in a second, but that to the height. So we in, in our monastery, sometimes um, one of the nuns might give you a fist bump if your patron is mentioned. And so like whenever Bartholomew or Nathaniel's mentioned, uh, uh, Mother Ileana will give me a fist bump and I'll give her a fist bump for Elijah. But at this point, when it says climbing to the height, Mother Ileana gave me a fist bump because, <laughs> because it sounded like a Pierre Giorgio reference. and <laughs> And I just love him a lot but but i liked the i liked this this actually I liked this part of the canon so i'm going to read the rest of that part climbing to the height of the virtues most wealthy one you were enriched as an apostle of christ with the tongue of fire breathed by the spirit you burn up the tinder of impiety and ignorance and the reason i liked this is because i thought there was just something really cool about so so we talk a lot about especially in the East, but but the West has this in different ways with different languages, um, with different words. But we talk a lot in the East about dispassion. And we even had an episode on this, right? It was called something like Dispassion, Vulcans, and the Garden of Gethsemane or something, something like that, but about apatheia. And and we've talked about how to to be dispassionate does not mean to no longer have emotions but it's to not be driven by your emotions and and like what's the balance there and 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 what's that all mean but i like this because it's like you they're they're talking about this fiery zeal with which with which he burns up impiety and ignorance and and it's just this this really cool image but the place that this fiery zeal came from it it says it was the tongue of fire breathed by the spirit and yeah. so it's this it's this spirit-filled passion yeah. it's this spirit-filled zeal it's not it's not this this human emotion or this human passion or this or or a fallen or disordered passion or something like that it's it's this this spirit-driven zeal and and we see this very much with with Elijah, right? Um, and his fiery zeal. And mm. but uh, I liked that because it's you know I don't I don't want people th- to think that that when we talk about dispassion in the East, it means it means um, it, it's hard because the word we use is apatheia, <laughs> which makes us think of apathy, which is just right. a very different connotation. And so. So yeah, I don't want people to think that that this dispassion in the East is looked upon as just these people who are walking around very morose and, and boring and without any sort of zeal or love for God or something. So yeah. Amen. Yeah, and, and and we see this in the next one too all praise Bartholomew you are shown indeed to be a God bearing ember burning with the radiance of the divine spirit burning the chaff of falsehood and enlightening the hearts of those who hymn you with faith and so again it's just this like this burning zeal in this uh, yeah so I just really I liked that a lot um, Canticle 3 did you have anything on that before I move on
1: no, beautiful. Okay,
0: Canticle Three is there were a couple lines from there, and I'll I'll read them together. But you were like rain from heaven, watering the whole world which had grown dry under the darkness of ungodliness. You ended the rottenness of idolatry with the salt of grace, delighting with the sweet teaching of faith the hearts of those who honor you, most wise one. So this this was just another similar to what I was talking about at the, near the beginning of, of Matins of, or no, it was Vespers. When I talked about how the world needs us to be this ray of light. I just like that this image is continuing that the, the world needs rain for its dryness. The world needs, needs the salt of grace and the sweet teaching of faith for its rottenness. and um, and it's just, it's this, this reminder that our, our, Our call to love as Christians and our call to follow the Lord is not a call that's just for us. It's a call that's meant to, if we're really living it well, it's a call that's meant to, to water the world, to bring, to bring salt to the world and, and to just know that, that the world needs this (laughs) so badly. And, and are we willing, are we willing to answer that or as we're, as we're, trying to pursue holiness, do we think that we're just doing it for ourselves? Because that's not what, what any of the stakira are that we sing for any of the saints, right? It's it's never about what it did for them. It's it's what this means for us, the fact that these saints became saints. And I think that's just a really again, it's it's that that question of where are you looking? So
1: it's interesting to I mean, I I did not uh, pray full matins on that day so i did not uh, i did not get all of these stichetta, so they're not they're not on my mind but um the obviously this happens with a lot of our of our uh, hymnography a lot of our stichetta in the in the east but the, they they there's they're using you know metaphors and parables about things we know so that there there's there's an awareness of the world i like uh, i got like fishing net you know, a, a stream of water, a, a fire, like these things we know. And so it's, it's almost like you, you know, someone or, you know, a teaching of the church, you know, some theological concept. And then, I mean, this is just my role as a preacher, right? You, um, or any preacher, you, you take it and you, and you, you, you can explain the theological concept using terms, ideas, et cetera, that they know from the world this is what we do, you know, and Jesus does the same thing with parables. That's the whole point of a parable. And that's what we're doing in this together. So that's what the church is doing this together. So there's something about, you know, I, I think that there's right now, there's a debate going on about how much we engage with the world. And this will always be a debate. How much do Christians actually engage and participate in the things of the world? This will always be a debate because it, the, the devil's in the world. And so there, it'll always be a debate because we'll always be trying to figure out how much do we let in again on Sunday, we had the gospel uh, that began, um the eye is a lamp of the body. You know, mm-hmm. there's this kind of awareness, like what you let in either allows you to be full of light or darkness. Like what we expose ourselves to, what we what we the the noose um N-O-U-S is kind of the the bodyguard of the soul, if you will. It, it's it's what it's what we let in and what we let out. It's kind of the not the bodyguard, the bouncer of the soul, you know, like it's controlling what comes in. And so there's um so in other words, there, there's something about that. But I think it, it's good. We need more kind of modern prophets or modern theologians that, that are able that are holy enough to do this, but are able to look look at the world and see like we don't know fishing. We know 99% of the people in the world don't know fishing with nets. We might know fishing with a fishing pole. We not, might know fishing with the fishing line, but but we don't know fishing with nets. We, now we know the apostle did. So this Takeda works. We know, understand it, but but more, more people, I guess I'm, I'm thinking, um, Christopher just texted me while we're, while we're at actually, it, I, I actually fit with this. He said, "He said Happy Feast Day," and he said something about why don't we? Hopefully, he doesn't mind me speaking outside of turn here. Um, he <laughs> says, "I'm just, I'm just going to read the text." Um, yeah, he goes, "Happy Feast Day of, of Elisha." Why don't Romans get prophet feast days? What a lack, you know. And <laughs> and it was just like he's because the, uh, the Romans don't celebrate prophets anymore, like un- officially, like on a feast mm-hmm. day. But we do. Today's the feast. We're recording this on the feast of Elisha, the prophet. Um. um but anyway, there, there's a, we need more people. I, I bring up this because I think mean, Christopher does this very, very well in his media ministry. But the, the, there's there's people that need to observe the world around us and then and then use it as as a metaphor to talk about Jesus, about mm-hmm. theology, and you, in other words, use the world around us for evangelization. I know I know many do this, but it, it, a lot of times it's done in my mind in a very cringe way. And I, I hate mm. to put it that way, but you know, and I'm sure some people need that, but, but I'm just very aware of what I would call cringe. And I, I, I hate those t-shirts that say that like take a logo and then make it Christian. Like, mm. like I, 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 sorry, one of you sent us one, I know, which, which is actually really funny because the one you sent, whoever sent the catch up one, um, I forget what it says, but it was, it Wait, was, we were sent a shirt sister, you get sent weird, like, like, Water stuff all the time. Do not be jealous. No, when one you said, person.
0: You didn't say you were sent a shirt. You said we were sent a shirt. And I've never heard of this.
1: Me me and the media team and and all of them are Are you not serious?
0: No, no. I'm kidding. I'm oh,
1: <laughs> no, so but I, like I know there's, it 's these it 's these cringe it 's these cringe things like, like I, again, I, and actually, the one that was sent was actually really funny to me um but but oftentimes they 're cringe like but we need people. I'm thinking of like anyway I'm not going I don't want to insult anybody but but the, the, there's certain things that that we need more people that look out at the world see the struggles see the realities see the the ways of the world see what God is doing see what the devil's doing and and use what people experience in their daily life to to further their understanding mm. of what God is doing because mm. we we know so much I, I have a situation in my in my extended life and in my ministry of 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 I uh, I don't know how old they are. Uh, I think she's probably. I, I don't want to give away who this is either. But she's 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 preteen. We'll put it that way. And and now she's she's kind of being very militant about about you know people referring to her non in a non binary way. You know, and it's like I I I even I even get like I'm I'm gonna I I, I get what she's thinking, I'm not going to criticize the way that her her brain works. I'm going to call it a disorder, but I'm not going to criticize her personally. But the fact that she's like at that age is like trying to force us to use non-binary language. Mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's like we need like, this is the way of the world. I should not be startled by that. I should not be shocked by that. This is, this is happening. And I, I think there's a, we can see the world, those aspects of the world. And instead of, Instead of running from them, instead of putting ourselves in a bubble, um, we need to we need to approach and say, "This beautiful little girl, this beautiful human being, this beautiful child of God, is is, is engaging in this way, and this is the way that th- that the world is right now, mm-hmm. um, for various reasons. And so, how do we how do we see how God?" applies to this in his love, in his gentleness, in his conviction, in his desire for conversion. And how does what's going on in her life, how does that also explain the God of love and the God of creation and and the God of truth? You know, all all of these things that are kind of... um, that, that are happening in this way. So, anyway, I, I, I like. I think I like the fact that our hymnography and our stakitta so often uses images of daily life. I mm-hmm. guess that's what I'm saying. I, I wish we had. I wish I, I. I want to be. I'll just put it that way. I want to be the type of preacher and the type of person that that is trying to share the truth of Jesus Christ in a way that, that is actually applicable to people's lives. Cause it, it reflects and is explained in a way of things they already know and understand.
0: Mm-hmm. Because this is what Jesus did. <laughs> exactly. Right.
1: Exactly. And he, another quick he, example. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, I was another just going to, I examples. was just going to say that he, like he, he talks about, he talks about planting and he talks about yeah, fishing and he, because these are the, because the, these are the people he's, he's speaking with, you yeah. know, like he's yeah. talking to the farmers and the fishers and
1: the, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's a family I know um, who, who are being very obedient to their boss um, about, about coronavirus restrictions and, and their boss obviously doesn't want them to get coronavirus. So he's, he's asking them to, to pretty much, I mean, which I, I think is, is, Actually, abusive, but he's saying pretty much, you come here, you come to work, and you're around people. Um, so, because of that, we don't want you to be around people outside of work because you might then get sick from them and bring it here. So, it literally, he, he's just he's he's so they, and they they're calling it obedience. Father, I can't come to church. I'm being obedient to my boss, and and I'm going. So so you you know obedience, right? But you're you're being disobedient to the bishop who's who's asking you to be in church on Sunday, but it's not like you don't know obedience. You know obedience. You're being obedient to your boss and you've decided to be obedient, quote, obedient to your boss rather than obedient to the church. That's very so ironic
0: because we just had the reading that was God or mammon. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly,
1: exactly. It, and they weren't here to hear it, <laughs> right? Um, so- so so there's this so there there is just a like like you say, you know obedience, just like Saint Paul at the Areopagus, right? You know there's an unknown God. Um so so you know obedience. Now now take that obedience that you know mm-hmm. and now make sure that it's it's rightly ordered. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're just being a complete rebel and aren't listening to anybody. You are listening to somebody, it's just the wrong
0: person. <laughs> um yeah, what you're what you're saying about needing these modern day modern day prophets and modern day examples really touches on the next two verses that I wanted to talk about. One, one says, this is from Canticle 4 and Canticle 5. One says, by your preaching, you dispelled their soul-destroying delusion. When he's talking, he's talking about the, the demons. I'll just read the whole, the whole thing. Most honored Bartholomew, protected by the cross of the Lord, you destroyed the cruelty of the demons. By your preaching, you dispelled their soul-destroying delusion. And then, in Canticle Five, it says, "You destroyed impiety with prophecy." Mm-hmm. And so, I was thinking first of all of just by your preaching, you dispelled the soul-destroying delusion of the demons. And it's just this is this is a way that the demons wreak havoc in our world is simply delusion. Like there's yeah. there's so much that's just misunderstood and and misconstrued and and this is this is the work of the devil. He wants chaos, he wants delusion. He doesn't want us to live in the light and in the truth. And and so so we say by your preaching you dispelled this. It's it's like when we when we speak the truth, it it dispels the delusion. Like that's that's just obvious, right? But then and then and then you destroyed impiety with prophecy. And the re- the reason I really like this line is because You've, you've preached on this many times, Father Michael, but prophet does not mean what most people think it means, right? Prophet doesn't mean f- fortune teller or, or teller of the future. That's one aspect of prophecy, but prophet, prophecy, a prophet, um, prophet means mouthpiece of God, I mean, right? Mouthpiece. Or She's mouthpiece, mouthpiece yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be a prophet of God is to be a mouthpiece of yeah. God. So... so I I love this line, you destroyed impiety with prophecy because what we're saying is by speaking of God, by speaking truth, we're destroying impiety. And this for me is the reminder that we've talked about this many times on the podcast, but the the reminder to to stay away from idle chatter and to stay away from the conversations that are not edifying and they're not uplifting because it's, it's, by by speaking of God, this is how we destroy impiety. By being focused on Him, by by having our our mind and our mouth in the right place. And I'm not saying I do that well. I do that very poorly a lot of the time. <laughs> but but that's why I like lines like this to remind me to turn back to that. So, yeah. Amen.
1: That's that's why we say in our in our Byzantine prayer at the reception of communion. Amen I of God, the nun, Sister Natalia, receives the precious, most holy, most your body and blood of our Lord, God and Savior Jesus Christ for the remission of for sins and for life everlasting. I know I've said that before too, but the remission of sins is because the even though confession, the repentance, penance, that that holy mystery, that sacrament, is the one that that removes sin in an explicit human way, like so that we understand this is why we're doing this. The Eucharist does as well. You know, it, it removes non-deadly sin because you cannot have Jesus and sin in the same place. So as soon as you receive the Eucharist, he, trans- he, he um, transforms your whole body, your whole self, mm. into His body. So, so His body has no sin. So, so you, the, the receiving the Eucharist pushes out sin because there's no place you cannot have those two things in the same place. Now that does not mean that you're still not still a sinner. That does not mean that, that, that you cannot sin after just having received the Eucharist. Of course you can, but, but, but there is the, well, what that prayer is reflecting upon is that any, any way, any sin that you have or sin that you, you do after receiving the Eucharist is actually um, limiting the amount the limiting the intensity and the intimacy you have with Christ because sin pushes out your, your, your contact, your union with God and the union with God pushes out sin. So, so which one of those two are, are we focusing on? And, and God gives us, God gives us his entire self in the Eucharist. Like we receive Jesus's entire being everything. He doesn't hold anything back. Um, so any separation from him is of course sin. It's not, it's not his, is not, it's not him not sharing himself with us completely because we're sinners. The sin actually prevents that union because you do not have the two in the same place.
0: Hmm. So that's Bartholomew.
1: Happy feast day, sister.
0: Thank you. Um,
1: Next year on this feast, you will be mother, Natalia, God willing.
0: Yeah.
1: If Jesus still will, will still have you.
0: Why do um, you keep saying yeah. that?
1: Because <laughs> it gets you riled up. Um, yeah, you'll be you Mother Natalia, if yeah. God willing. So, yeah, that's cool. The happy last last feast day as a as a sister.
0: Thanks. There's lots of there's lots of lasts that are happening.
1: Yes, this that's is pretty true. cool.
0: Yeah, we're only about three months out. So, um, yeah. Okay, it's
1: going to be epic.
0: Prayer intentions. I am going to ask for prayers. I had someone in mind. Shoot. There was someone I wanted y'all to pray for. Oh, I know who it was. Father John Kachuba. He is super beautiful. And he and I had coffee um, after liturgy the other day on my feast day. And he... He will be celebrating his feast day on June 24th, the beheading of no, sorry, not beheading. Nativity of St. John the Baptist. And no, it is the be No, it's the nativity. June 24th? Yes. Because it's six months before Christmas plus one day. So, anyways, Nativity of John the Baptist. Conception. You, you're, you're
1: kind of cutting out. You're kind of cutting out. I think you asked me a question that I would have known, but I must have I must not be able to answer because you were cutting out.
0: <laughs> right. Anyways, it's a feast of John the Baptist. This is so embarrassing. I can't believe this is happening right now. The oh, I have the prologue right here, right in front of me. I'm gonna look it up. I also should know this because it's the it's the nativity. It's the Nativity. So,
1: but in all honesty, I was writing down my prayer intention, so I didn't even <laughs> fully hear what you were saying. Okay.
0: <laughs> <Just> June 24th <laughs> is the Nativity of St. John the Baptist, which is Father John's feast day. And that's somewhere close to when this is coming out. I don't know when this is coming out, actually. Yes. But June the 24th is also the baptism anniversary of Jelly, my goddaughter. So, nice. pray for Father John and for Jelly. All
1: right. So, my first intention is for my friend Joshua, who um is expecting a bebe. Um so please pray for, for Joshua and his wife. Um also and then I just started writing in other friends. Um so please pray <laughs> for my friend Anna, my friend Laura, my friend Laura, and my friend Stephanie and that's all I could get out until you asked me to state what they were. So
0: um we'll, 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 how we'll, are you gonna we'll call that that? Awkward phone ringing. How are you gonna pray for my intentions when you weren't actually listening to them? Father Michael.
1: Um, John Kachuba. And? And his feast day. Oh, and jelly.
0: (laughs) Good job. Okay.
1: Thank you. My ADD allows me to do multiple things at once.
0: All right. Father, give the blessing.
1: All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord allow all of you to call upon the grace of your own patrons, but also to desire guilelessness and to receive that grace through the intercession of Saint Nathaniel may he bless all those who we've been asked to pray for and may our Lord give you the grace that you need to be heirs of his kingdom and may he give you every grace he offers even unto bodily salvation may our Lord bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks, love you Love you too Love you listeners
1: Bye all